0: Wait yeah. for um. Wake up, wake up. 502 is going down in the Derby City on a Saturday morning. Can you feel the energy, the excitement, the action of college basketball? And after Monday night, we will officially be into the heart of college basketball season. Welcome in, this is your boy Rashawn Myers. Wake Up 502 is going down with my man Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, taking care of you guys this morning here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM at 1450 AM. What's going down, fellas? How y'all doing this morning?
1: Boo, college basketball.
0: Oh, see, know, of course. <laughs> of course. This is, this, see, there's always got to be one in the peanut gallery.
1: More college football, please.
0: I know. See, no. I'm, I'm tired of the corrupt, lame... Like the dirtiest sport in college athletics is college football. I'm glad to see it over with. I mean, who's really excited? Literally, Haven, no one is excited for Georgia, Alabama. No one cares. Except for people that are wanting to bet on the game, Georgia fans and Alabama fans. Outside of that, no one cares. And you. Joe Kelly, how you doing this morning? I got no complaints guys I got no complaints <laughs> so so uh, ap- apologize for being a little late this one of the good thing is you get to get more sports talk coming to you live direct and uncut over the next uh, couple of hours um, coming in for you we were a little sliding in a little bit late, but uh, better late than never is what a great man always says. Uh, Joe, let me ask you something. Are you excited about this, this game on Monday night, this this college football national championship game? Are you excited to see uh, two SEC behemoths play a game that we just saw two <laughs> weeks ago? <laughs> what, three weeks ago? Was it two or three weeks ago?
2: I mean, yeah, I am. It's not, I'm not an edge in my seat. This isn't, I'm not excited about round, I'm not as excited for round two as I was about round one. Uh, because Alabama just kind of came out in that game and and pooed on everything I'd been saying about this might be the year. No, it's never <laughs> the year. It's always Nick Saban's year. Always Nick Saban's year. Every time. Uh, but I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. There, every this hadn't this wasn't a bad bowl season. It wasn't necessarily legendary or great. But you know, I made the joke last week that if you're an Ohio State fan, are you even excited about the Rose Bowl? And everybody was saying no. No, you're not. It's disappointing. That Rose Bowl game was awesome. I'm going to keep it One real. One of the better bowl games I can recall.
0: I probably watched less bowl action this year than I probably ever have in my life. Like, And and I know that I am more, everybody knows that I am definitely more of a basketball game. But I love a basketball guy, but I love college sports and especially college football as well as college basketball in general and i i i feel like the sport is in trouble and the biggest reason why i say that and you know why i know that there are diehards like like haven um that are going to go out there and they don't care who's out there with the opt-outs and the people that are opting one out of the games eight. now yeah one,
2: one of the eight in our lifetime that have, that have played for it basically
0: yeah. <laughs> it 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 is it is one of those things where with these kids now opting to, you know, I mean, you had LSU who had like
1: 39 had, players available.
0: Yeah, like to me you've got to expand the playoff and this is the reason why, because now that kids are more than ever paying attention to their self-worth, their own brands, their, their professional futures, um, they have less and less incentives to go out there, especially in college football, to play for free. Uh, when you're putting your, your, your knees and your ankles on the line and you're putting uh, you know, hits to the head on the line, additional um, damage to, the, to your body, kids are understanding their worth, especially those that at least want a shot. Um, to play at the next level, and they're opting out. And what's happening is you have a bunch of games out there happening, but you're not seeing the best players that made those teams what they were this year. So, like, I've had almost as little interest outside of watching, um, you know, I watched the national semifinal game. I watched that Cincinnati-Alabama game pretty much from start to finish, um, you know, because I wanted to see what was going to happen. Now, the Michigan-Georgia game I watched about the first quarter. And I saw the way that was gonna go, and it was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm not gonna sit here and watch this for three hours. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I to me, it, this year uh, more than any, um, and I try to be fair with it. But football, it has always been had an issue with me just because of the politics behind it and the the fact that really and truthfully, while you have 140 teams playing the game, you really only have about 30 teams playing the game that really. It's going to matter, oh, too.
1: I would argue it's less than that. Yeah. I, I mean, would say got close about five or six.
0: Well, I mean, I say 30 to yeah. 40 just because they're in those Power Five leagues. But then within those Power Five leagues, like you said, Haven, there's probably about 10 to 12.
1: I mean, honestly, in the ACC you have one.
0: One yeah. school, yeah. Clemson. I, I, it just, I can't get excited about that. Like, Because like, the, the, the outcomes are already predetermined. We see the same people there every year. So I, 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 I to me, the only way that's going to pull my interest back in uh, in, in my personal opinion, and we'll get into this more later, but, you know, the, I wanted to give college football its due because their national championship game is coming up uh, on Monday. Uh, they need to go ahead and expand that out, and we'll talk about that later down the road. I want to hear you guys' ideas about what we can do in our number two um, with that. Um, but but I, I do think that there's going to be some necessary changes because, I, to me, this the product out there is not exciting anymore right. so it's right now college football uh, college football is about as exciting as women's college basketball
1: you know what i would agree with you but i would also say this i understand where you're coming from being a lifelong villian i understand it completely but once again the grand scheme of things we look at the ratings of even the, even of these horrible bowl games like even
0: behaving it's about but that's about betting that's about sports betting like gambling like yeah all all those viewers it's not because they just love the purity of watching kids go out there and play it's all about winning money
1: but that's why the bowl games are there because they make money because oh
0: i i I totally understand it but i'm speaking from the perspective of of a sports fan
1: watch louisville and their bowl game like against air Force. oh yeah uh, absolutely which which is crazy like they've like that bowl game did better than the NBA teams. The, 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 the NBA games are on that, but, that same day, which is insane. Uh, but
0: unlike a lot of our, our sports talking brethren around the city, I don't care about gambling. I don't gamble. I don't go to the boat. I'm not running Damn. out here trying to throw money on something. So I don't care about the sports betting aspect of it. I care about watching an entertaining product and actually having some mystery about who's going to win. Like, that's what I care about. Like, I'm not going to sit there and waste, th- th- you know, these football games take forever now. I mean, and, and the, between the stoppages and, and the timeouts and now reviewing plays, these games take four hours plus sometimes. I'm not going to sit there and watch a product when I know who's going to win, and it's not even going to be close. Like so while I understand your viewer numbers I like sports.
1: I oh, don't know man that that Iowa Kentucky game was lit.
0: But once again you had Kentucky that was that without was, four or five of their best players. Iowa was was out their best player that that they're, they're running back you know that they
1: made it even cuz most Kentucky's players were on, were on defense. I like, mean but they're, it's they're, just they were down at best defensive players and that was a great game. Wondell Moore. Shout out to Wondell Louis Robinson. Robinson. Oh, yeah. Wondell Wondell, Robinson. Wondell, Robinson. Wondell yeah. Uh, NFL. Yeah. Wondell Robinson that dude <laughs> Good Lord, he put that team on his back that last drive.
0: Yeah, don't, don't please don't don't mix uh, uh, Rondell know, right? Moore and Wondell Robs together. That'd be like the ultimate wide receiver. <laughs> it would, right? <laughs> They'd be unstoppable. Yeah, unstoppable <laughs> <laughs> five foot six dude. Right, <laughs> but, but
1: no, but no, he put Kentucky on his
2: back that last drive. Yes, and oh, it was insane. That was crazy. It was insane.
0: I mean, it's shout ins- out to
2: the to the pride of Frankfurt, man. Yeah, go uh, go go rep go rep cat city on Sundays, young man. Go <laughs> go do your thing. Uh you know, it's funny y'all brought up brought up gambling and and that being so big on it because the analogy that I've made about college football recently is that look, it's kind of like going to Vegas, right? If you don't have money, stay away from the high roller table. Most people don't have high roller money. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy Vegas. You just got to stay on your nickel slots and watch from afar. <laughs> That's what everybody else is. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like if you're a college if you're a college football fan and you are not a fan of right now in this current window of college football, because if Florida State ever gets their act together, they'll be right back in the conversation. They just aren't right now because they're bozos. But right now, if you're not Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State, you know, Clemson, I'm not going to, we're not going to rattle all of them off. You all know the usual yes, stuff, yeah, absolutely. If you're not one of them. If you're not one of them, just enjoy the free Heineken's and keep plugging nickels in the slots. You know, uh, you can, you, you can make a couple of bucks and that's kind of like watching your team. That's not really competing for a championship, but you are competing for nine or 10 wins in a bowl. Uh, for most fan bases, that's a great year. It sucks that it's not as as wide open as you feel like the the college basketball tournament is but again I keep going back to this I think that's kind of a trick we've played on ourselves as fans that college basketball doesn't come down to chalk 9 times out of 10 Oh yeah you know the final four is usually not that surprising it's the trip to the final four that that, that is entertaining and maybe if you could get some of that involved in the college playoff uh, for football, then maybe it would help. I, just, I, I I don't know how you ever get the equivalency of a 16 seed knocking off the the one. You know that thing that we've waited for that 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 unicorn in college basketball, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we finally got to see it. It was it was weird. It was crazy. I, that's never happening. A 16 seed will not beat Alabama, y'all.
0: Oh no, I, I I totally agree with that. But my thing is this: is that you know and. and uh you know, we can just keep rolling down this because it is an interesting conversation. Like, to me, my problem is we already know how good Alabama is. But, like, if if they had to play at least a couple of games, if, if let's say there was a 16-game playoff, okay, and you had to win a Sweet 16 and an Elite Eight game, uh, you know, before you go and play in the Final Four. Like, then you've had to play a couple of rounds to get there. And not saying that, you know, I, I think that the difference between a 16 seed and a one seed in college basketball, I think that gap is f- further away than what w- would be a 16, uh, a, you know, a sweet 16 team uh, and in Alabama. Like, I, I think that, I don't think that that gap would be, as wide it would be a one versus a 16 so it would be alabama versus whoever would say the 16th ranked team in the country so uh you know and i
2: think that's basically i think when you're talking about giving nick nick saban uh time to prepare for that game because, okay, let's say that that does happen. They expand out, you know, enough to have a 16 seed that Alabama would be playing. Nick Saban's going to go to war against the media talking about, well, you know, we, <laughs> I guess we've been we've been winning so much, now they want us to play four games before we get the opportunity to kick somebody's tail in for the uh, championship. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, no, I, I, no man.
0: Look, a and, and,
2: 16th-ranked uh, team in the country right now would get absolutely taken out back in smoke. Oh, and don't get, gave, wrong, don't, it,
0: you know, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I totally agree with you. I, I think that uh, by and large, the most of the time, that's going to be uh, what happens. So let's say sixteen, the sixteenth ranked team at the end of the season this year was Oklahoma. Okay, but that you can't tell me that there wouldn't be interest in an Oklahoma-Alabama match. Alabama matchup. In, in you know sure. as a one versus a sixteen that that would at least be some interest there. you see what I'm saying like like and and, okay, okay, and so, Oklahoma so has enough this, talent me, to at least make it an interesting game.
2: let me ask you this: Are you arguing how do we improve it in the sense of make it more entertaining and get more eyeballs to watch it, or how do we improve it as far as is there a way to make it make college football more competitive at the, at the highest level?
0: well I, I think that I think that
1: does both. I'm, honestly, I think expanding the playoff format to the twelve or sixteen teams would actually do both.
0: It's going to bring eyeballs, more I mean, interest.
1: I mean, yeah, that definitely bring more eyeballs. Say, like, like, like it needs more but, eyeballs. Okay. but it, may, it makes more competitive. I'm,
2: I'm not trying to just I'm not trying to just argue for the sake of arguing, but I mean, one of the things Rashawn that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. about th- this bowl season not being interesting. Is the players now opting out? You don't think if you add two or three more games to a to a season to a schedule, they're just not going to opt out for the final three? No, now so if, if, if you're so playing
0: for a national championship, I don't think you're opting out because there's something on the line. Um, now the regular bowl games, I think the kids would still opt out. But if you have a chance to play for a national championship, no, I, I think you're going to be out there because you're playing for something. Um, and and I think that makes all the difference. But when you're just playing free football in a game that doesn't matter, that's why you're opting out, and I can understand that.
2: Fair enough. I'm just, you know, like I said, man. I'm just tossing that out there because absolutely man, for, for right. the listeners out there to know, for, uh, just in case the listeners aren't familiar with me over the years, I'm I'm all for any kid who can show out at his workout, come out in game one of his freshman season. Everybody swears, and, and Mel Kuyper and and McShay agree he is Barry Sanders 2.0. Man, sit out the next two years. Don't get hurt. Save those tires for the NFL when you get paid, young man. I, I'm pro sitting out. I don't ever want to see a, another Marcus Lattimore bowl game injury. But uh, no, but uh, no,
0: I, I totally agree with you.
1: We saw that this year, Ole Miss with their quarterback going out.
2: Mm. So,
0: so, fellas, man, that
2: was <laughs> brutal.
0: No, it's tough. I mean, it's difficult, and it's football. And, and I think that would there would have to be some adjustments made. I think that there would have to be some agreement across the board. Um, that you know, it, 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 a I think that they would probably um, look towards getting rid of a, a regular season game and and retracting to eleven games, where your twelfth game would be your um, your your college your championship you know uh, and and take away that way if if you were going to expand playoffs I would expect for that to happen because you wouldn't want to just make it 17 games like a you know <laughs> college football uh, professional football NFL season um, but I think there would have to be some adjustments but I do think the kids would actually opt in and play but it's football yes you're right if you play you could get hurt and that's going to always be a concern for those guys but to me Getting hurt in a meaningless bowl game like Matt Corral did for Ole Miss is a lot different than playing in a college football, uh, you know, quarterfinal matchup for a national championship. And I think that's where the difference is. But it's definitely football. So you can definitely get hurt. But to me, I don't want to say it's better if you get hurt playing in a playoff, but at least you're playing for something, if that makes sense. Just my opinion. You know, but I, I think I think the kids would be willing to go out there and do that, and at least it'd be worth it because you know they're they're playing for something. I I don't know what you're saying. You you can tell me over the the air. I am the, both the producer and the, the head of the show, well, Hogan, so you can just tell thing. me.
1: On
0: the, okay. on the whiteboard, oh. I, I wrote you those notes. Oh, okay. I, uh, Haven at this point wants me to tell everybody: um, <laughs> if you get the opportunity, go out there and check out wake up It's where we uh, podcast and save all the shows. Uh, he was get he was like flailing his arms around, and I'm like, what is he talking about? He's had, he's doing like a phone like a like caricature or something, and I'm like, what are you saying to me? I have no idea. But definitely, if if you all go out, everything that has to do with the show, uh, you can meet the guys. Um, learn more about us. If you want to reach out to the show for uh, any type of um, opportunities for sponsorships, we are definitely looking for sponsorships uh, to be a part of the Wake Up 502 crew. Um, we are also looking for a title sponsor. Uh, there's lots of great things that we can do with that, as well as coming out and being a part of your event live if you want us to come out there. Um, we do a lot of those uh, great things, so definitely check out wakeup502.com. Um, if you do want to give get involved, 502-414-1450 is, uh, the, uh... Thornton's text line, uh, where we can uh, read your text live on the air, as well as the call-in line 384-1450 as well, uh, where you can call in and give your thoughts on anything that you hear this morning. Was that okay, Hay? Hey? Okay, that
1: yeah, pretty good.
0: He, he has to keep me on the rail sometimes, <laughs> but <laughs> he has to get me together. But I don't. I, I didn't know what the what the flailing around like a chicken uh, was not getting it for me. I couldn't. I just couldn't understand what he was what, what? he was saying. Yeah. For for those of y'all who don't know, I I, I both um you know. But besides opening the show all the the music and the production and the commercials and stuff you hear I do both of those things so I'm kind of tap dancing and, and doing all types of things uh back here so just FYI <laughs> I'm
2: just picturing I'm picturing that guy, that one man band on the subway in New York yes you know <laughs> where he's like driving that bass pedal you know with with one foot and then he's he's stepping on like a bicycle horn simultaneously yes. <laughs> with the other, playing a banjo and a harmonica
0: that's basically what's like happening back gold. here. <laughs> that's that's basically what's happening at the studio. But I used to do this uh, back when I was uh, doing Mason & Myers in the morning. Um, I was both the producer and talent on the air. So, you know, I'm I'm used to it. It's all good. We got this.
2: There you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, last thing Last thing I want to say about sitting out of bowl games. Uh, guys, I, I'll be honest with you, man. If I had a son, he'd be the first Heisman Trophy winner to ever sit out the championship. Yeah. We are not messing with this. We're not messing with the with the future Ke- Kelly estate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I like there's I, I again and, and
0: I understand it. I, I get it completely. Absolutely. I I mean, you know, uh, I it, it, it's tough. It, you know, if if you're you're having like I said, it, my whole thing is this is if they, if you have an opportunity to play for something, um that's a lot better than going out and playing in the biscuits and gravy bowl presented to you by, <laughs> you know, Cricket Phones. You know like like if, I,
2: I agree. <laughs> I agree with you on that. I you know agree I'm with saying? You completely on that. Like it's not like you, like you you broke your hip playing for for a lifetime contract at cheez You know. You, you, you know and, and if Jesus wants to sponsor the show, I I just like to say I love Cheez-Its. but you know, I'm just saying that's not NFL money.
0: It's like welcome to the 3 Piece and Wedges Bowl brought to you by Indies. You know, it's like <laughs> no. No. Hey, I'm <laughs>
2: Actually, now you're talking.
0: <laughs> it's like I love me some indies, but you know, I, I don't know if I'm putting my life on the line for the you know the, the wedges. Somebody <laughs> got to
2: die for some wedges.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. But uh, 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 as I digress, I, I will. Put the college football talk to the side. We'll probably revisit that because I want to get you guys' thoughts on the national championship game. I want to hear what you think about Alabama-Georgia. Um, Georgia, for whatever reason, is a favorite in that game. So I, I want to get your thoughts. Haven, hey, hold those thoughts. I can see you just ready to go ahead and jump in with it right now. But no! NFL, maybe? No, absolutely not. We're maybe. not talking about NFL. That We are done. I was celebrating the fact that college football is almost done, and you made me talk almost 30 minutes about football to start the show. Absolutely you not. You know you
1: love gotcha. it, man. You know uh, you love it.
0: Uh, you know, see what I'm saying? He he Whoa. does. He has a sneaky on, way on, of getting in.
1: What you want to talk about? The ACC, the trash basketball, <laughs> It's like Duke and
0: everybody else. <laughs> oh gosh, it, you know that now. Now I I cannot disagree that right now the ACC is not looking good. But college basketball is hot. Is heavy. It's going down. Only in three states. I'm super excited about it. First of all, college basketball is being played everywhere, Haven. There's 300-some-odd no, so, no, college big, basketball no, teams. I said
1: it's big in three
0: <laughs> states. <laughs> it's, I, I said I played everywhere. Okay, well, college football is over with, so no one cares about is it, it really? no more. Is it ever really it, over abso- with? It's over. Watch, it's over watch, except, watch, except for you, watch Haven. ESPN. Is you, you, it ever really you, over with? And, and unfortunately for you, ESPN Classic is now no longer a thing, which I did not realize that they have actually discontinued ESPN Classic, so you can't even watch go, go watch your classic games on ESPN Classic anymore no one ah, cares
1: you see fool you i don't i'll go to nfl network and watch the old nfl game
0: of course especially
1: those from the 70s well
0: well you you have fun with that watching john riggins and the rest of the crew like but no I'm, <laughs>
1: deacon come on deacon jones those those old Super Bowls like from the 50s and 60s
0: i, I, I don't want to see the cte bowl like they, they, that's all they were doing was just trying to kill each other <laughs> that's literally yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah, but That's average, literally but
1: average weight <laughs> dudes out there battling out but it's the best football ever
0: but, but I, I'm gonna tell you what though like you should have a, a great amount of interest in, in our University of Louisville fighting Cardinals uh, this weekend because they're going down to your old stomping grounds headed down to Tallahassee to take on uh, the ageless wonder that is Leonard Hamilton and the Florida State Seminoles. Like don't crack I'm telling you like like man. The, man has not aged in 30 years <laughs> but it's a big one. It is absolutely a big one going Every down. Every
1: game for U of is a big one because, like, they can't really afford too many more losses.
0: It's tough. It's tough. Look. Y'all,
1: hey, hey,
2: y'all! Remember how I closed the show out last week, right? I said, "I don't think it's, I don't think they're a tournament team."
0: Yeah. Oh, you and did drop that, well, drop that grenade did. in, yes.
2: And we're go- we can we can get back to that when we come back if you'd like to because I'm telling you no we can get into it, it right now but here. look
0: look we took the extended uh, uh, we took the extended break to start so we're actually good for about another ten minutes or so
2: words uh, all right here's these are my thoughts on 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 the whole you know I don't know that they make the tournament this year we started off four and zero last season what happened it is good. Yeah. Now, now that I've seen another week of ACC play, I'm a little bit more confident that if they just do what they what they should do, they'll be fine. They'll make it. But I don't. I don't know how many teams from the from the conference are going to make it this year. <sighs> it could get real ugly from a conference pride perspective. Yeah, jo- uh, Joe Joe Lenardi right uh, now. Uh,
0: Joey brackets right now only has four ACC teams in the tournament right now, and that's probably like two. Two. He's many. got
2: us on the, and we're on the last four in.
0: Eleven seed. So,
2: so you know, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, really don't know. This is this has been kind of a funny year so far. We'll see, but I'm starting to think after watching that game the other night, Florida State's a different ball game. Don't get me wrong, because we've lost what I think four straight against them. This could be potentially five straight. Chris yeah. Mack has really struggled against against this team, and and we'll see what happens today, but. I'm starting to wonder, and I hope I don't jinx this here, but maybe, just maybe, the basketball team is getting every lucky break that the football team did not. And all those coin flip games where you say, and a couple possessions here and there, that game goes the other way. Maybe the basketball team gets all those breaks this year and Louisville fans get somewhat of a, of a, of a pause on it's all awful.
0: No, I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, I think, Joe, that um, Louisville has had – they've had very close games. It's been very interesting to watch this 4-0 team for for Louisville because Louisville's basically been the exact opposite of the team that they just beat on Wednesday, Pittsburgh, where Louisville's 4-0 where they basically had to gut out wins uh, at the end of games versus NC State, versus Wake Forest, uh, versus Pittsburgh, um, you know where they had to win these games uh, at the at the very end versus Georgia Tech uh, at the very end where they pulled it out the last four or five minutes and, and gutted out wins. Um, so the question is, um, they were able to get it done. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, has lost all three of their uh, play or the, all three of their conference games by one possession um, and four <laughs> games overall by one point. Like the, the, between league and non-league games, so you literally have a Pittsburgh team that is sitting at five and nine right now, which is not good at all. They're at the very bottom of the conference, but literally they've had, I believe, seven games decided by one possession. So you're talking about the difference between five and nine and being possibly, you know, twelve and two. Twelve and two, uh, you know, eleven and three, and then you're looking at that team completely different because I'm gonna tell you what, when I looked at that Pittsburgh team out there, they have some talent on that team. They got some guys that can play on that team, but I mean, that's the difference between bounces going your way and bounces not going your way and not executing down the stretch. And I think that what's that's that's what we've seen with Louisville. So you can look at Louisville in it uh, if you're a half full guy. You say okay. This is a team that, yes, while they have not played perfect, they've shown the signs of being able to be tough, focused, and execute down the stretch to win games. Or a half-empty guy could say, you know what, the game shouldn't have been that close, and we're just barely beating teams that we should be beating. And I think that it's okay to have both analysis, and I think that both can be true. Um, because I, I think that this Louisville team, uh, you know, Haven was asking me as I was going over here. He's like, you know, uh, Rock, what's going on with you? Uh, like, I, you just don't seem very excited about the team. And I'm like, well, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to take them. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> exactly what i'm looking at with these guys right now I, I don't know if they've turned a corner i don't know who i can depend on i don't know much about what's going on with this team and that's causing me to take pause and you know for the cause and, and understand exactly what we're doing uh, because that i feel like every game is dang near a different situation it's it, it it's you can't really trust who's going to go out there and perform. You can't really can tr- trust how the game's going to go. I know that Louisville's 4-0, but everything has been different. So how can you trust in something where everybody, there's no consistency at all? Like, I knew that with a deeper team, that you would have a team that, uh, you know, on any given night, quote-unquote, you could have a different guy step up to be Um, uh, you know, to have a great game, but you were thinking about that along the lines as you know, you would have a consistent three, and then you know, players four, five, and six step up on different nights. You know, that that's what I feel like. What I thought was gonna happen, but instead we've had it where literally you can't trust anybody from from night to night, night in to night out. You know, I mean, it's you know, one night is Dre Davis, one night like you know this last game, L Ellis uh, was the man. You know, you've had, um, I, I'd say. Uh, probably decently consistent. Matt Cross has been has brought it and did some nice things every game. Uh, Malik Williams has been pretty consistent until last game where he goes out and gets four, four points, four rebounds, and uh, somehow gets six fouls because he's still running his dang mouth, sitting on the bench and gets thrown out of the game after his second technical foul. Like, I I don't know what's up with, with, with Malik Williams and Pittsburgh. I don't know if somebody in the Pittsburgh sweater slapped his mama when he was a little kid or something. But every time Malik maybe, Williams plays.
2: <laughs> you know, like nah, man, maybe, maybe, just maybe, Malik is a man of sense and is like, you know what? I'm not gonna take any crap from these fools who put their French fries on their sandwiches. (laughs) Y'all are clowns and you're amateurs. And you know what? No, I am a man. Damn it, and I have a line in the sand, and and that's one of them. That's one of them. I will not. mm -mm, No.
0: You know it's it's interesting. Like I I, like I don't know what like because even you know a couple years ago, everybody remembers that scene of Malik Williams. Um, You know they had the headband night. (laughs) <laughs> at, at Pittsburgh, and Louisville beats Pittsburgh, and they start throwing the headband. Somebody throws a headband and hits Malik with it, so Malik takes it and puts it on his head, and he's walking through the, the uh, first of all, the, the, the <laughs> fact that he had the stones to put the headband on and walk through the, the handshake line with their headband on. Like Anytime you disrespect the team by wearing their own colors after you beat them, that's like the ultimate sign of sign of disrespect. So for him to do does, that, does
2: that happen? Uh, does that happen often? Like that was a that was I, I can't. I've a, never I never I remember that, that happening. That. Yeah, that's Like that's bad, no,
0: disrespectful.
2: Like like that's that's on that's almost on par with Talib or uh, Raheem Talib snatching your chain and then wearing you know, <laughs> <laughs> it. I mean, for real,
0: like that's the one no no. You never wear another man's colors. Like you don't do that. So. I don't know what's what's up with Malik in Pittsburgh. Like I understand, like the whole, you know, the 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 passion of competition and wanting to go out there, but that was super disrespectful. Like even though people like the Louisville fans loved it and they were like, "Oh, look at Malik clowning, wearing their headband," but like. Bro, you put my colors on trying to disrespect me in my face, even in a loss, I might have to take that that one or two-game suspension because I'm not going to let that happen. Because, uh, you know, uh, um, Capel was pissed off when that happened because he tried to snatch that headband off Malik's head and told him to take it off. (laughs) You know, And, and he was mad about that. Like, So I understand definitely why Pittsburgh doesn't like Malik Williams. Um, and of course, Louisville has to go back to Pittsburgh here um, on the 15th of January. So it's not going to be a long uh, stretch before these two get back together again after their sixth, uh, you know, their, their sixth technical foul frenzy from Wednesday night. So we're going to have to see this again in Pittsburgh at the Brooklyn Zoo. So.
2: Has there ever been a game Oof. that started with two technicals in, in the first minute and ended with two more in the last minute? Not <laughs> that hey, I've seen. No, that's a, crazy. That, that was beyond crazy. It's like, like,
1: what is going on?
0: I don't know. I why was not?
2: watching it. I was watching it with people who aren't necessarily sports fans, and they didn't understand why I was just losing it in the first two minutes of the game.
0: It was insanity. It was insanity. I, I, I don't know what that was on Wednesday night. What I do know is that Louisville's 4-0, and we're going to kind of get into that. We're going to break down a little bit more of what we saw uh, Wednesday night in up there um, at the KFC Yum Center, as well as we're going to get you ready for Tallahassee, the Cards, and the Seminoles when we come back. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Heritage, Joe Kelly, taking care of you. We'll be right back on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. is going down in Derby City on a Saturday morning on beautiful January 8th of the year, my lord. 2022 is going down. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, uh, right back with you. And we are talking all things sports, mainly University of Louisville. A little bit of them ugly boys down the road in Lexington. I, 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 I you know, my, my daughter goes to U.K., I always give her a hard time. The only time I I like to see Kentucky succeed at anything is because it puts a a smile on my baby girl's face. So while I cheer for them to lose horribly every game, at least if they win, my baby girl's happy. That's the only time I I like anything they do. But we also get into everything else, uh, you know, basketball, football, uh, NFL, NBA, recruiting. Um, The University of Louisville actually picked up a huge, huge commitment um, over uh, the week, uh, this past week, just before – Uh, taking on Pittsburgh. Chris Mack and crew got a commitment uh, from 6'8 wing Kamari lands, a former Syracuse commitment um, out of prolific prep uh, in Arizona, big time signing, kind of came out of the blue. People knew that uh, uh, that, uh, Kamari was looking at Louisville Um, for a while there. It looked like Louisville was going to get involved after he decommitted from Syracuse, um, ended up um, decommitting. Uh, it looked like it was going to be between Louisville and Arizona State. Arizona State kind of started to take the lead in the commitment uh, or in the recruitment. Then all of a sudden, turn around and Lambs commits uh, this week. So um, huge signing. Um, I think that Coach Mack has done an outstanding job um, recruiting. He had one of his other uh, 2022 20, kids. Uh, that came to visit. Frederick King, uh, the big man out of the Bahamas, actually made his first visit uh, to the University of Louisville over um, over the uh, over this past week. Uh, he was at the Pittsburgh game on Wednesday. 6'9", um, uh, very long, uh, big man, a great shot blocker, athletic, uh, nice handle, can pass it and shoot it. Um, they're very excited about him. Um, Frederick King w- w- was on there, and of course we have also the brother of DeAndre Davis, Deontay Davis, that will also be coming to Louisville next year. And of course, Mike James has been hurt all year. Um, for Louisville, he had the Achilles injury um, and is out uh, for his freshman season. So he'll be a freshman part of next year. So uh, Coach Mack uh, has a team uh, that is going to get even better uh, in the future. I think Kamari is the type of scorer um, that Louisville's looking for um, to come in and get buckets. Um, you know, we we need that. We need guys who can put the ball in the hole. As we've seen this year, that has been something that has not happened. Frequently. <laughs> you know,
1: that's because Chris Mack refuses to play the guys that can do that frequently.
0: Mm. Uh, you know? I man. mean,
1: you start in Gerald West, but you got a guy on a bench, LLS Ellis, that can get you buckets. He
0: had 18 points on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, you got a guy that can get you buckets. You just don't play the guy that can get you buckets.
0: And you know what, I, I, it's interesting, and, and Joe, you can tell me, because you know, I, I know, of course, uh, you, you watch all these games religiously, as I, I do myself, and, and Chris Mack always seems to be fighting his own uh, tendencies, um, and, and we all know one thing that we've learned over watching Chris Mack through his first three years here, A, he likes veterans, he likes to play older players, and B, he loves guys who play great defense. And if you're not older, and you may have some slip-ups on the defensive end, he has a tendency to kind of have you riding that pine. Like we haven't seen uh, big man Rose Wheeler in like two games, and like right. he, he came out to the he came out before uh, what three games ago and said that there was no doubt that the first big man off the bench going forward for Louisville was going to be Roosevelt Wheeler. But Rose made yeah. like one mistake. Like, like, like. How do you take that? Like, do you feel like Chris Mack needs to loosen the reins, or are you okay with what he's doing with these rotations right now?
2: You know, it's. I've been I've been preaching this for a while, pretty much all season, that we've got to get the rotations figured out. That I don't know what they are, and, and I I butted heads with a lot of people early on. A lot of folks were saying we we can go we can go five deep. We can have a complete second unit. You know, and and then maybe even have another guy that that can come in. And I didn't see that at any point in the season, and I still don't. I think we have. He has got to figure out who he's comfortable with, who he's going to ride with, and who he can say, you know, what at the end of the game or at the end of the day, we're going to win with that with this group, and we're going to lose with this group. Get that figured out, and then just sort of kind of lean on what he you know has been happening this this season. It, you come out there. We go to tip off, and you find out who's got the hot hand tonight. It seems like it's a different player every game. Or we've had a couple of games where nobody was really that particularly great. It was a sum of all parts win. I, I, th- I think the key to this team, and and he's gonna. He, yes, he does need to get the matchups figured out. I'm not upset that he doesn't play younger guys. I've got. We watched Rick Pitino for 20 years, man. I'm used to that. <laughs> right. So that that's not the the greatest sin, you know, that he can commit at this point. Though get Curry down on the damn block, he is one of our only bigs outside of Malik. And well, you know, I can't say that because Malik wants to try to be a six foot eleven Kevin Durant too much, uh, for my liking. Go. Curry does what what we need out of a big man. He gets that big body on the block and he parks it there, and he takes up real estate.
0: You know what I love about the enigma that is Joe Kelly is the fact that like literally everything that I was about to take talk about or at least the direction that I was going to go in the man literally is just set it up Perfectly, like, like, it's unbelievable how many times that happens. But like, it's funny that you
2: public enemy, man. We're harder than you
0: think. I promise. (laughs) Like, like it's crazy because you know. I know we talked about analytics uh, in the car uh, haven when we talked about the you know how the. Uh, Analytics are changing basketball. Um, And and one of the things that I love to go look at is actually sportsreference.com at their uh, college basketball um, statistical ratings and and analytics. And it's a a free website. It's got plenty of information. The the more popular site is actually Basketball Reference, which is uh, for the NBA, uh, for their players and their analytics. but I got introduced to this site, and the thing I like about this site is it gives you not only uh, guys' um, numbers for the season, but it also gives you their um, statistics per 40 minutes as well as mm. per 100 possessions, okay, which tells you their efficiency numbers in terms of what they would look like uh, playing a total of uh, over a expanse of possessions or an expanse of time, so you can see how guys starting – Compared to what the production that guys on the bench are giving you, uh, and uh, the, per forty minutes, it's very interesting when you talk about Sidney Curry because we see um, a guy in um, Jalen Withers who I feel like, um, who, yeah, uh, it, it, he is being given every opportunity. Like I feel like Chris Mack is playing Jalen Withers in the belief that we've got to play this guy because he's too talented to not do well at some point. Um, And when I look at the comparison between Jalen Withers and his per 40 minute averages versus Sidney Curry, even though we know that Sidney Curry has gotten um, considerably less minutes um, on the year, you know, I mean, we've seen Jalen Withers minutes um, start to decrease, um, but he's still averaging about 18 minutes a game, whereas Sidney Curry is averaging about 6.5 minutes per game. OK, but when you look at the production between these two, when you look at their, their per per uh, 40 minute averages right now, Sidney Curry um, per 40 minutes played is averaging 15 points, almost 13 rebounds, as well as a couple of assists. OK, that's really good per 40 minutes played averaging if he if he was to play a full 40 minutes, Jalen Withers, his per 40 minute averages, um, he's giving you 10 points. 11 rebounds, an assist and a half, uh, and he's averaging four turnovers every 40 minutes played.
2: Right. Okay. Does it tell you what their plus minus is?
0: Oh, by the way, Sidney Curry's averaging zero turnovers per 40 minutes played, by the way, just to, 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 to let you know. Or excuse, uh, excuse me, one, one turnover. I'm sorry, I apologize. One turnover every 40 minutes played. Um, but, like, to me, that, what, what was your question, Joe? I'm sorry.
2: Did I, does, it, does it by chance have have what the plus minus is?
0: Um, it does not have their their plus minus on there. Um, it does have their their win share averages, um, uh, which right now uh, Jalen Withers um, his win share average is negative one. So he's actually doing more harm on the court than good. Where Sidney Curry his per uh, per forty, per 40 uh, his win share is four point four. He has a four point four plus four point four. So, like, all those numbers to say, and I know this is completely basketball nerd talk right now, and I apologize, y'all, but I, I get into the, <laughs> the nitty-gritty of numbers. Basically, Curry um, has one of the highest win share percentages on the team.
1: But it's not just obvious when you watch the game. Absolutely. I'm, I'm honestly Like, when you watch the game and when Faulkner comes off the bench and when you have – Ellis come off the bench, and Curry comes off mm-hmm. the bench, and those guys in the game together, the energy the team picks up. Yeah. And we score points. Yeah. Like, it happens every time. It's just, it's, it's just no secret.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, and, and when we talk about it, it's not only just Curry. Like, literally, like, they they, they give – I mean, this, that, this um, site, and I tell everybody they should go check it out. And like I said, sports-reference.com slash college basketball, CBB. Okay. You go there. Check it out! It has so many different things, but you get to see the impact that these guys have on the game. And both uh, Sidney Curry and Roosevelt Wheeler, their their per forty minute averages, their offensive rating averages are all off the hook. These guys come in the game and they play well. And I think that we, for long enough, have done this whole "Well, Jalen Withers has to be out there game," uh, you know, till he fixes it out. To me, if I'm Mac, I would sit his ass on the bench, and until you give me a reason to play you in practice, playing better. I'm not going to play you in games because, like, I, I, I am struggling to see. Like, the, one of the things that I have said and one of the things that have interested me since the beginning of the year is when I watch Noah Locke, I know Noah Locke can't dribble. I know Sam Williamson really can't dribble. So, to me, seeing through these several games, can you tell me that these guys were that much better in practice? These guys got back and started practicing together the end of May, first part of June. Okay, and have been practicing together. The coaches have been watching these guys for long enough. You can't tell me that they did not realize the deficiencies that these players had to where you're putting them in these positions and thinking that they're going to succeed. Like I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. like 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 that is my biggest problem with things that are happening so far. Is a Noah can't dribble. Okay, he can shoot. Hell of a shooter. He's doing some nicer things defensively. Like, one thing that cannot happen is you dog it on the defensive end. And he was dogging it on the defensive end early. He earlier. He's doing better now. So I give him credit for that because he's being able to keep himself on the floor and be a net positive with his shooting because he's playing better defensively. That was not the, the situation earlier. But the second thing is Jalen Weathers. Jalen Weathers – is not playing well. Jalen Withers doesn't know what he's doing. Are you seriously gonna tell me that you sat there and you watched this young man in practice and you felt like he was a guy who knew what the hell he was doing on a basketball court?
2: See, that's where I wonder what we don't see at practice. Right. And how frustrating it is. And and that's the stuff that, that I think it's it's really easy when we're bagging on coaches. You know, and, and I'm guilty of doing it because I'm I'm a firm advocate of this. They get paid a lot of money, man. They can take the heat. But I do think you gotta tip the hat to him a lot of times for being the adult in the room and not coming out and not going to the press conference and when somebody says something about, you know, the rotation and the lineup and this guy and the minutes, you know, good on the coaches for not pulling a what I would refer to as a Joe Kelly and just being like, Well, I can't explain it either, Rashawn. No, I tell you what, you're invited to practice on Monday. You can watch these fools play on 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 a practice court with no cameras around, and then you tell me how to fix it because it's night and day. They're not the same team that I see at practice. They're not the same players. You know, they attack differently. They play differently.
1: Yeah, sometimes you just have to do a Nick Saban.
0: Which is what's right. what's, what's what, I knew he's gonna try to bring some football back in here. What's a Nick Saban? Let me get this play out music. It's time for the first out of here. What what, what what's a Nick Saban? have I mean, seen him before. As as we play out you this routine, a couple
1: years ago when they were losing to Georgia, what did he do? He pulls the starting quarterback, puts Tua in, oh. and rise that championship. Fair. There. You're, hey. pull, you're pulling Nick
0: Okay, fine, Haven. I'll, I'll allow that comparison. <laughs> well, I knew you was going to try to shove some football back in here. <laughs> hey, everybody, can you believe it's an hour in already, fellas? My goodness, the time is flying by. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn, Haven, Joe, taking care of you. We got an hour left. When we get back, we're going to start to look into, uh, we're identifying the issues for Louisville and heading into Florida State and Tallahassee uh, th- this Saturday evening. Um, what level's going to need to do to get it done? Who needs to be out there? Hey, you're listening to Wake Up 502-96.1 FM, and we'll be back on Big X Sports Radio. So for anybody wondering what that was, Haven, you know what movie that's from?
1: It sounds so familiar, but I, I just can't place it.
0: Well, I, I'm going to tell you what, Louisville needs some of that right now. That is from Hoosiers, the picket fence play. Don't get caught, caught watching the the paint dry. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like.
1: No, we don't need Hoosiers.
0: I definitely think we need. I, no. I I definitely think we need I've some done-
2: I've I've uh, done I've done radio with a lot of people in Louisville, and I never expected the first Hoosiers reference on air would come from from Rashawn. But, <laughs> but here I sit, <laughs> just kind of shaking my head, going, oh, man, not Hoosiers." No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and let me tell you something.
0: Happy drew that play up and had the perfect play call. We saw Jeff Walls go out there and run a beautiful play call on the road at Georgia Tech last Sunday. Uh, that got the game-winning bucket as the Cards win by two on the last-second shot by Emily Inksler, and I feel like for this Louisville men's basketball team, um, that is paramount. Um, is that we continue to see the maturation of this offense, where you take control of what's going on, uh, and, and as I talked to Haven about it this morning, um, as we came back, as you know, as we were coming over the bridge. Uh, to the station what my biggest issues are with this team and what I've seen and and I feel like the first month of the season of course Chris Mack was out um, and we saw this Louisville team going out there they were pressing they were running up and down they were jacking up a bunch of threes not really doing anything in the offense uh, in the half court offensively outside of just throwing up a bunch of bad shots um, and basically trying to generate offense off steals once Chris Mack got back Um, We saw Louisville continue to try to play with that style, um, but ultimately things came to a head. Louisville loses to DePaul. Um, They shoot 43s, only shoot three free throws and lose. And and at that point, I feel like um, I'm going to go ahead and just give you what I thought we saw happen at the Louisville basketball offices. Um, Chris Mack sitting in his office. We hear the knock at the door. Coach, you wanted to see me. Ross, come on in. Sit on down, Ross. Ross, I'm so happy that you've become a part of the University of Louisville basketball team. I'm excited about some of the ideas and some of the energy that you've brought uh, offensively to this team. Ross, I'm going to tell you something. What's not going to happen is that my team ever goes out and shoots three free throws and 40 threes and Jalen Withers and Malik Williams jacking up threes ever again. So, Ross, what we're going to do is we're going to figure things out. We're going to figure it out together, and we're going to make this work. Or you're going to have the shortest tenure in college basketball ever. And what I've seen over the last three weeks is Chris Mack start to take hold of this team and put more of his imprints back on this team. While Louisville's offense over the last several years has not been great, it was not for lack of execution. It was not for lack of movement and getting good looks at the basket. The problem over the last three years has been more when his teams have struggled, and especially last year, um, you didn't have enough guys that could put the biscuit in the basket. You didn't have enough guys that could shoot. Now, that that was mitigated a couple years ago by by at least having a Ryan McMahon and a Jordan Wara. So you had two prolific shooters to go along with a bunch of other guys that couldn't shoot. But at least you had a couple of guys that could knock it down. Last year was kind of the apex of not having enough effective scores on the team where you basically had Carly Jones and nobody else. Um, And then add in the COVID issues, and then you know David Johnson fell off a a cliff as well um, the second half of that season. Um, But what I've seen this year is a team that has a lot of guys that can have the ability to put the ball in the hole. But the issue is you've had a team that doesn't know what they're doing. They, they have a team that doesn't really know what they want to do. Uh, And I think that has been the biggest issue thus far with this Louisville team um, is that they really didn't have an identity because I don't feel like anybody knew what role they were supposed to be playing. They didn't know what they needed to do when they got the ball and they had really no idea where they needed to be playing and they didn't really know each other. There was not a lot of um, consistency between the players because they had not played together. You had transfers. You had a lot of guys that had not been here. You had young players. So you just had a lot going on. And I feel like, um, and uh, Haven, you can you can tell me your thoughts on this. It feels like the the last several games, we're at least starting to see roles develop and guys at least understand what they need to be doing. Like, do, do you see any of that? Like, I, it, it, it may not be a situation where everybody is playing as well as they need they, they should be, but at least it seems like everybody knows where they're supposed to be now.
1: You know, I've always said about this team that it seems like you got an offensive guy to come in with the offensive system, but then you never got the guys to really run that system. Mm-hmm. And then you have some guys that may be able to run that system, but they don't get any real playing time. So you're stuck with guys who can't run this system, trying to run an up pace, fast-tempo system that they just can't do it. Like Jared West, just, he's not going to attack the buck. That's just not what he does. He plays defense and dribbles sideways and passes the ball. That's who he is. Locke just shoots threes. That's, that's who he is. And you got those two guys in the game, you have no threat to attack the basket. So you just make it easy on the defense. Uh, and he tried to run with that for a while by trying to run an up trying offense. You're trying to fit a round peg in a square hole. And I think Louisville's been this whole season trying to figure out how to fit a, a round peg in a square hole. Like, I like these dudes. So I'm going to play with these dudes. And ignoring the guys on the bench that could actually do it better. And now we're seeing that. I think they're beginning to figure out, okay, well, Faulkner can do this. Let's have him do this. L. is can attack the basket yeah he's wild and reckless but he's the offensive guy that we need that can at least break down somebody off the dribble to make everybody more deadly Locke okay we try to have him dribble because he said he wanted to come here and dribble but yeah it's not happening uh Williams well you know he's sometimes he's good sometimes he's not whatever Curry he's a beast we need to put him in and now they're just – it's like they're just now kind of beginning to figure – Develop that identity, out. Develop that identity, kind of figure out what they want to be, but they still haven't settled in on rotation. They still haven't settled in on how they're going to platoon guys in and out and kind of make that whole thing work. Um, but, you know, time's ticking. You know, you can't wait forever. So they have to hurry up and figure it out. It's taken about a year, you know, since, about May, since May. You know, they have about six seven months. It's still – Trying to to get it figured out. Hopefully, I think once they can get it figured out, this could be like a really good basketball team and a fun basketball team to watch. They still have to really kind of – now they got to hone it in on what they want to do. I think they kind of got an idea of how guys are going to react to certain situations. Now it's just trying to figure out the nitty-gritty details. Mm -hmm. Who's coming in with who, who plays better with who, what combinations work better. And in what situations do these combinations work?
0: Joe, let me ask you, and, of course, if you want to get involved, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line as well, as 384-1450 is the uh, call-in line if you want to get in there. Joe, let me ask you, I know you said that Curry definitely needs to be a guy that's out there and getting minutes. Um, Who else have you seen? Like, are you more of a guy that just says as long as they're getting minutes is fine, are you a a lineup guy, would you make any changes to the lineup? Uh, Who do you want to see out there? Who do you think are the best guys that are at least – um, coming to a forefront that need to be a part of this rotation.
2: Uh, you know, I talked about Curry earlier, and and the other guy that really jumps out. and I don't, sitting on surprise anybody. It's L. Ellis. I disagree with everybody who wants him in the starting lineup. I said it uh, pr- about a month ago, actually, mm-hmm. on here, and I'll continue saying it. I think at its best, and if you do want to see this team become an entertaining team that could make a deep run it has to adopt the identity of Rick's team from 2012. That's the team that they need to, to liken themselves to. I'm not saying Malik is Gorgie by any means, but he needs to be our rim rim defender. We need our backcourt to to harass the other team. Mm-hmm. And we need to just slug it out and say the first 65 wins. You're going to get 63 and we're going to get 65 and nice game, good effort. Uh I I I agree a lot with what Haven said about, you know, scheme and fit. I think that's very overlooked in basketball. I I think people gravitate more towards that as a reason in football because it's easy to say, well, you know, this offensive line likes to run block and this is a but this is a pass heavy uh scheme that, that the that the coach and the offense wants to run. It's it's a little bit easier to identify, I think. What I think Matt, you're going to see Mac do, and I hope I'm correct on this. I think what he's going to do now that we're, we're getting, we're now in the, in conference season. Today's the fifth game in conference. So there's not a whole lot of time to play around anymore. And I think he has to let the guys know, all right, I've been letting all of you go out there and show me that you're a hooper and you're a basketball player. Not anymore. You're now all specialist. And if you're not willing to do mm-hmm. the specialized skill that I tell you, there's your spot on the bench. Who can do what I'm telling you we need out there at this position? I I, I think I think there is something to be said in the non conference and early on in the season of just sort of letting guys figure out because basketball is a looser game, you know, and these guys all think they're capable of playing all every asset of it. Right. But as we've seen, now, man, not everybody's a ball handler. Some people got to post up in that corner, catch the ball, and shoot. Some people can't create their own shot, and I think Mac needs to let guys know. I was very, I was more than patient with you all. Now this is what I, I expect you to do, and if you're not going to do it, I'll put somebody in there that will.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that 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 identity aspect of it, Joe, um, and and asking, it, it's time for the guys who can play. To play and the guys that are going to be productive like this whole hand-holding of Jalen withers to me has to stop like we can't continue to babysit you bruh like you're into conference play Louisville's gotten off to a good start you do you are four and0 but that 4 and0 consists of a five point win, a four point win and two three- point wins okay so it's not like Louisville's just going out there and handling business um that they have not won a game by more than two possessions and won two of those games by one possession so you're talking about the thinnest of margins so I don't feel that Louisville can still go out there and continue to babysit Jalen Withers and you know because you may upset his delicate sensibilities okay and may hurt his feelings like it's time for some hard love And, and Chris Mack um does that with certain people like like we talked about with Roosevelt Wheeler like i don't even know what wheeler did that that got on his nerves. I don't know if he was maybe one of the guys that was hit hard with the COVID, so he just hadn't had the conditioning or whatever. Um, but you know, after hearing that Rose was no doubt going to be the man as the backup to Malik, and that he was going to start playing a the, you know lion's share of minutes, and then all of a sudden his minutes drop off a cliff, I am hoping that that had more to do. Now I'm not hoping that he's sick, but I'm hoping that it has to more do more with his conditioning and not being ready to go from a health standpoint than it is you just completely doing a 180 from what you said to what you're doing because at that point you start to lose the confidence of the locker room if you're going out there saying one thing and then doing something different that's not a good way to instill um, faith in your players but what I've seen with Louisville and Jalen Withers this year is this want to continue to get a player that is not giving you anything opportunity after opportunity. Jalen Withers has been given more opportunity, in my opinion, than anybody else on this roster. I may have had a lot of issues with the way Noah Locke played, but at the end of the day, at least Noah would hit shots. And do something to help the team. Now, defensively, he was not bringing it. He shot a lot of bad shots and a lot of shots I didn't think he needed to. But at the end of the day, he was at least productive. Like, Jalen's giving you little to nothing. Uh, defensively, he seemed to be a step slow. Um, he wanted to dribble the ball and turn the ball over way too much. Now, he did rebound the ball pretty well. Um but he's not done enough at that position. Like one of the differences between Noah and Jalen is the fact that Noah is a knockdown shooter. Noah's a guy who can who can hit shots and who can impact the game that way. Louisville has guys that can rebound. We talked about um, what you know what what Curry's been able to do on the backboards and scoring in the paint. We've seen what Roosevelt Willie can do. So the difference between you know saying well Jalen can rebound. And, you know, that's why he needs to be out there. And, you know, what some of these other guys are doing is because that, Louisville has other guys that can do what Jalen does. And guess what? They also don't turn the ball over. We don't have to worry about Curry going out there and trying to be, um, you know, Pete Maravich trying to dribble the ball between two and three guys. He knows who he is as a player. So, you know, to me, this, Jay, you know, babysitting, hand-holding of Jalen Withers is over. When we get back, we're going to talk about who needs to be out there. This Florida State team is going to be a physical challenge. It's going to be a street fight. This is a team that has punked Louisville out on a basketball court all four times that Chris Mack has played them since he's been here. He has not beaten Leonard Hamilton at Florida State. I need to know from Haven and Joe, who needs to be out there? Who are the guys you can count on? Who are going to be the MVPs when we get back here on Wake Up 502? Rashawn Haven and Joe Joe Kelly will be right back on Big X Sports Radio. And welcome back in to Wake Up 502. is going down for another, I eh, got, got us for about another 32, 33 minutes uh, here. Time is flying by, fellas. Man, it is going down. Uh, so much to talk about, so much to get into. This Louisville basketball team, uh, you know, heading on the road. I feel a, I, it's funny because I hear a lot of fans saying that, you know what, we don't expect Louisville to beat. Florida State we you know we won't believe it until we see it that Louisville can go out there Chris Mack hasn't done it I hear the same things about Virginia but while I hear things like that coming out of people's mouths I also get the feeling that people are not going to be happy if Louisville doesn't find a way to get it done (laughs) <laughs> and it's 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 a very interesting dichotomy because you do have a Florida State team that has struggled this year. Um they are sitting right now at seven and five overall, one and two in the conference. They have not played well. They just got blown out uh by a Wake Forest team that Louisville just beat um a couple weeks ago. So, you know, I, I feel like Louisville fans see the opportunity and I will say if Louisville does not find a way to get it done, there's going to be a lot of unhappy campers. Let's just say that if they don't get it done. Um, it is, it's a very interesting dynamic of what we have going on because I think they see Florida State as a legit opportunity uh, to go out there to right some wrongs. And to, um, you know, finally get Chris Mack over the hump. I mean, Chris Mack, Leonard Hamilton has been a thorn in the side of Chris Mack for a while. I mean, you, you got to remember his best Xavier team, um, you know, that, that Xavier team uh, that got the, uh, I believe it was, it was a two seed in the NCAA tournament lost to, to Leonard Hamilton in the Sweet 16 in Florida State. Um, got, got upset by them. Um, so, you know, you're talking about a Florida State team that Chris Mack has probably stayed up late at night having nightmares, waking up, seeing uh, Leonard Hamilton's bald head in his nightmares, (laughs) tossing and turning. So, uh, you know, I think that he has some personal demons that he can exercise today if he can find a way to get it done. Um, But, Joe, I I do know one thing about this Florida State team, is that this Florida State-Louisville series has not been determined by X's and O's it's been determined by schoolyard justice. It's been determined by <laughs> who's going to be physical, who's going to get punked out, who's going to be there in the last five minutes uh, and can take the physical challenge that's going to be put out there on the court. And then my question to you, Mr. Kelly, is who are the people that you feel that you can count on in a fight? Because I feel like that's what we're going to see um out there in Tallahassee on uh, Saturday night. Like, who are the players that you look to that you feel like, okay, I know I can count on these if things get sticky and we get in a situation where we're getting surrounded by a bunch of hoodlums in the middle of the night in a a dark alley. Who can Louisville depend on in this street fight that's going to go down in Tallahassee?
2: Man, you know he's gonna make me look so foolish after spending two hours just hyping him up all day. I promise I'm not wearing Mr. Curry's jersey right now <laughs> while we're doing this show. But I mean, come on, that's first guy off the bus, right? Like that's the that that's the that's the tone setter right there. If guys get chippy, okay, cool, cool. We're gonna we're gonna put our our book end in there. This is the dude that would be playing defensive end for set. Let's uh, let's get him out there the The guy that that not the biggest dude. I mean, he's tall, but he's not necessarily necessarily a big guy. He's not. He doesn't. He doesn't bring that Montrez presence with him. But come on, man, how much more can you love Malik? He is. Yeah. He gives you everything you want out of a seasoned vet, You know, comes back for another year. It's easy to knock those guys that that are in their fifth year. And you, and and I know I'm guilty of doing this. I don't know about you all, but I'll, sometimes. I'll just I have to bite my tongue from saying, well, I mean he's twenty three he should, but with that being said, I mean Malik really has showed up and shown out and I think if things come down to it, I'm definitely taking Malik to the alley with me and then we gotta I gotta think of a third dark horse oh l Ellis l Ellis is the guy you gotta watch if uh, when things get chippy out in the parking lot because he's quick and sneaky can hit you with that crossover and then whoop whoop.
0: Fearless. Fearless. And I think that's the biggest thing, is that, you know, I remember, I think back to that first Chris Mack team, and I think about that game where Louisville went down there to take off Florida State. And Louisville had played a great game. Uh, Kristen Cunningham had had not had his best game, but he was at least – um, doing what he needed to do. Wara had a good game. Uh, Ryan McMahon was shooting the ball well. But I just remember that last five minutes when, for whatever reason, Kristen Cunningham started to show just that crack of apprehension and did not step up to the physical challenge. And I just remember Florida State down the last six, seven minutes of that game just harassing. Cunningham and Cunningham turning the ball over multiple times and Louisville went from up you know five six points that last part of the game to ending up losing and kind of Florida State even running away with it a little bit and winning by seven or eight points um, and that always stuck with me that what Mac needed to have were guys for these types of games guys like he had a Xavier that could stand up to that physical challenge and, and and I feel like that was kind of a jumping off point for this Florida State Louisville series since Max's been here. That Florida State always looked at this team as you know what? They may be a good team, but we can punk them. And we can just if we continue to stay physical and push them around, they'll crack at some point. And they'll look away. And when they flinch, that's when we jump on them. And, and that was the one thing that I knew that Louisville needed to get better with, because while I love Jordan and I love Ryan and I love Cunningham, them guys was kind of soft, and we kinda remember we, we, we remember what Chris Mack called his first team sitting on the bench when that camera panned in. We remember I'm not going to say it, but yeah, don't get us in trouble. We remember what he said what he called him, and I can't disagree with him. And he needed to change the attitude of this team. And he needed to change the types of guys that he's getting. And, and Joe, you pointed them out perfectly. Um, I would definitely add Mason Faulkner to that. Mason Faulkner is a dude yeah, that seems like he, he wants to get into a scrap if needs mm-hmm. be. He's going to handle himself. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he's the dude that might who on say. This,
2: who, on this team, who on this team, though, is most likely to pull the uh, Jalen Johnson hike up the shorts? <laughs> and, and getting that that notre dame fighting fighting irish stance, man when that happened i had a dozen folks over at my house and i'm not going to tell you what i yelled when he said that and a couple of my buddies were like what why are you freaking out i said he 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 pulled the shorts up he pulled the shorts up and they're like what what does that mean I said, okay <laughs> uh, it's good that you've made it past the age where anybody needs to warn you of this you, you made it you, you haven't played a lot of pickup balls is what i'm I'm assuming if you ever see a man do that get your hands up because you're ba- he's about to take you to fisticuff city
0: I probably say Dre davis like dre, dre davis seems like he's about that life if needs yes. be. He, he's not he's not a dude that's gonna talk a whole lot but he's also another dude that that's completely fearless like like this that you know if, if that's what we need to do then that's what we need to do. Like, and, and I think that that attitude overall has started to, to transition on this team. And, and one of the things I wanted to see, because I had a question about this, because Noah Locke doesn't seem to be a guy who is an overly physical guy. Okay, he doesn't seem to be a guy who wants to mix it up. He seems like he's more of a guy that wants to be unbothered and, and, and be able to go out there and move freely. He, he believes in freedom of movement. And I, and I thought about that, and I said, you know what, let me go back and see what Noah's done against Florida, because, of course, Florida uh, against Florida State playing for Florida, because Florida, Florida State's a rivalry game they play every year. And not shockingly, Noah Locke has shot like four for 30 against Florida State. He's had his worst well, games against Florida. He's at, he averaged literally six point hey, five you know points what? per game in three games.
2: Hmm. But but here's the thing, man. He has to fall under the law of the U of L inverse, right? Cause we get all these dudes that can shoot threes until they come to the Yum and have to shoot, and then all of a sudden we see that 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 three percentage drop by ten points. Yeah. So maybe now he just shoots lights out against Florida State in a Louisville jersey. I don't know.
0: That's gonna be an interesting so watch one to watch. The, absolutely because
2: this weird I don't know what happens to people's jump shot when they when they go when they there's something in the portal that takes part of their jumper when they transfer him. <laughs> I,
0: I know I believe his last game against Florida State last year he was one of eleven shooting as a starter and had three points and just completely struggled the whole game um, but like I said that they, this is a Florida State team that's been known for their physicality they aren't as um you know, talented as they have been, MJ Walker is is now gone, and we've seen uh, a lot of other guys leave. The guy with the, one of my favorite names in the ACC, Raquan Evans, is back. Uh, the dancing bear that is a six eight two hundred and seventy pound point forward. Um, so so yes. he he is definitely <laughs> man, still I, there.
2: I hate how much I love Florida State's roster every <laughs> year. If if I'm not kidding, man, if. Uh, if the if the chief from the wire wasn't wasn't you know at the age that he was that would have been my my I would have been screaming bring bring Leonard in.
0: Let's go ahead bring Leonard in. Bring Leonard. Lenny in.
2: <laughs> Cuz I love I love how athletic their roster is.
0: He's always gonna he have at least all. three seven plus footers, which he does again this year. He has a freshman. Uh uh John Butler, seven one. They 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 list him as a forward, which is hilarious to me. Seven one, hundred and ninety pounds. So a <laughs> yeah. lot like Jamarion Sharp. He's he's tall, but you know, a a rail. And he has a big guy coming off the bench, uh, Naheem McLeod, 7'4", 255 pounds. He probably can't walk and chew bubblegum at the same time, but he's big.
1: Hey, sometimes right. that's all you need.
0: You know, and they got another seven foot footer in uh, Quincy Ballard. He didn't really play that much, but yeah, I mean, the thing about Leonard Hamilton' coach team, he's gonna have athletes out the wazoo. He's gonna have a, lo- a bunch of guys who can uh, who are long and can jump, and he's always gonna have a bunch of seven plus footers. So these guys aren't necessarily as skilled as uh, some of his other teams, but they're definitely still big, and, and they they believe in prison justice. And I'm gonna say this to guarantee me is L. Ellis. I, I agree with you.
1: L. Ellis is going to be the key because one, he played at Tallahassee Community College.
0: He's so, right there.
1: So he played against all these guys. Yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah. Good call. Night in and night out, he's played against all these guys.
0: See, that's why Haven Harrington's on, on Wake Up Five Hundred Two right there.
1: Yeah, and because from Tallahassee, I've seen him
2: play when he was in Tallahassee. So. Yeah, I mean. Uh, oh, that's I mean that's a that's a great point. You, you know, that's what always scares me about playing Western Kentucky or you know, Northern Kentucky, in any of those schools, because it's like, man, every one of those kids has a rightful chip on their shoulder.
0: Yeah. I mean, so I, I would definitely say that if there's one guy who's motivated going into this game, I would definitely think that, you know, L- Ellis would be very excited to get out on the court. Yeah,
1: because he was in your backyard. He was like literally, Tallahassee Community College is literally on the outskirts FSU uh, campus. It's literally not too... Maybe he wanted to
2: come to us. Maybe you wanted to come to a basketball school, play in a real arena.
1: <laughs> hey, fair, fair
2: enough. But still, I, I mean, th- that that's the whole thing, because
0: you know these guys. During <laughs> the summertime, you know all these guys are playing together.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt.
0: You know, I mean, yeah, a- a- and especially with the notoriety that L had uh, as a- as a JUCO guy. I mean, he's a guy who's a you know two time JUCO All American, so he's definitely one of the best ball players in that city. So you know, all those guys are coming together. Uh, you know, playing pickup. You know, they're at the sack at FSU, I'm guessing. Um, But, you know, I I will be very interested. I I think that that's going to be a big time um, story. I think that's going to be a big time talking point. Um, You know, are are going to be the guys because it's going to be about who's going to be about their life and who's going to be about, you know, about knuckling up and getting down because I, I think that this is a game that's going to be close. I think it's a game that's going to come down to the last five minutes like pretty much every other ACC game is. But we're going to have to see if Louisville is ready to, you know,
1: if about that, life
0: if they are going to meet the physical challenge, because Florida State's not going to run away with you. This is not a Florida State team that is um, great. Now, I could say that, and then they come out like Michigan State, who had been shooting 25% from three, and they could just go crazy and hit, you know, 70% from three. That could happen. And if that happens, Louisville's going to get blown out. And I, at that point, I can't even get mad at them. But I don't expect that to be <laughs> the case. I, I think that Florida State's going to come out there, and they're going to be who they've been all year, you know, fighting and clawing. Not shooting very well and just trying to find ways to just bully you to the end of Allison the game. Ellison
1: Faulkner, the kid, you have to be able to drive at him. You can't be afraid. You gotta take it down to paint, get that contact, initiate the contact, and don't be afraid of the contact. There it Don't is. be a halfway crook. That's right. Hey, he shook.
0: Hey, you listen listening to Wake Up 502, Rashawn Haven. Joe, we got one more segment coming back. We're going to get the fellas' thoughts on who's going to win this game today, uh, also thoughts on the national championship game and what's going to happen with that as well as we end down the regular season of the NFL. Hey, this is Rashawn, and we'll be back. Wake Up 502. and welcome back in to wake up i could just see joe kelly over there bopping too see that's
1: the attitude you need to have when you go to tallahassee right there so that's the attitude
2: you have to have when you go to tallahassee look man you y'all gotta indulge me i'll make it quick but here's my hip-hop nerd uh statement for this week yes before Lil Wayne's Reign of Terror in the two thousands, did you actually have a remix unless you had Buster Rhymes or MOP on it, just acting donkeys? Oh, you had to. Busta came out and murdered everybody's remixes <laughs> in the late nineties, early two thousands. And if you didn't have Busta, it was it was the mash out posse. Promise. Every time. I think there was one year, I think, uh two thousand and one maybe? Two thousand no, two thousand and three. MOP was featured on 73 different uh, tracks that year. They didn't put out an album. Crazy. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> they were so busy cashing checks to just come in and holler on other people's projects. that they were like, and hey, we didn't even record nothing ourselves. That's a uh, dream.
0: Absolutely. You know, that, that's like they always say, the, the, the best job you want to have is to be a quote-unquote consultant. Never have bowl, to like run yeah. anything, but you're just going to come in to just like have people pay you to give just like your advice about what you should do. It's like a search firm, mm-hmm. you know, it's like certain jobs are bowl representative. It's like you get paid like tr- six figures to like go around the football games and like watch, you know, watch these football teams and wear a jacket that says like orange bowl.
2: Like that It's it's the dream job, man. When I was a kid I used to, when I was a kid they actually asked us in uh I think it was fourth grade what we wanted to what we wanted to do when we grew up. Man, I wrote down I wanna drive the cart that brings the dude out of the bullpen for the mets.
0: Hey, I'm telling you, man, like that's this guy that's I mean it's like how do you get into that? Like like that, that right Somebody,
2: there hey. Somebody was able to pay rent in New York doing that for a living. That ain't a bad gig. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. It's minimal work. <laughs> uh, you know, you get to drive a golf cart. Come on, that's a player.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. All right, fellas. So, so, so let's let's get uh, let's get to brass tacks. We got about about twelve minutes left. 11, 12 minutes left in the show. So, of course, we're going to get started with what's going to be happening down in Tallahassee. I want to get you all started. So, we got plenty of time to wrap that, and then we're going to switch to the national championship game. Hey, but, but first, hey, uh, in
2: honor of our man, in honor of our man Will, who always says uh, Tallahassee like the preacher from Coming to America, Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very well played. <laughs> I need to know um what you think's going to happen. Give me an MVP and what Louisville needs to do to get it done. Uh Joe, I'm I'm going to give you first right uh on this one. Uh so what 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 do you think you need to see happen um and then give me a score prediction MVP.
2: Well, I'm what I'm going to do is I'm just going to steal all the great points both of you all have made and try to make it sound like an original one. <laughs> I do think it's going to be a it's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be a rock fight and teams going to have to play tough. But I think that's a good test, you know, because at this point in the season, let's find out what they are and the way they've been grinding games out. I like them in a game if you tell me it comes down to who's got more – who's who's the grittier team. I like that. Uh, If a game is going to get sloppy and ugly, I kind of like our chances because we've been winning games sloppy and ugly all year. So if you want to play that game, we can do that. I did. I completely. It, it slipped my mind about L.L. is playing down there and being from that area. That was a
0: nice point by Haven Harrison. He definitely has the assist of the day. That was a good
2: one. L's is my favorite offensive threat on the team. And it's hard for me not to. He's almost hitting Lamar Jackson status for me when you say he was going to be game MVP. And I, it's just default. It's going to be his day. Because he, he comes off and he gives us a spark. Like I said, he's not Russ Smith. Russ Smith, please don't. I didn't say that. Russ is getting his jersey honored. He's a legend, but he does remind me of that spark off the bench. And again, that's where I talk about. I, I compare them so often to the 2012 team. If he can be that consistent guy off the bench, I like the team. I love him today. I, even when he presses, I'm fine with it because everyone else on on the team, from an offensive standpoint, plays so passive. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of refreshing to see a guy just at least say, you know what. Screw it! We're going at guns blazing. I got six in each, in each one. I'm letting all twelve out.
0: There we go. So, uh, so g- give me. Do you think Louisville gets it done? Um, get, get, yeah, I don't know if you want to give a score, but who's the who's the MVP and and who you think you know what you think's going to happen?
2: My MVP is going to L, and okay. I'm taking Louisville by five. I, like I it. think sixty-six, sixty-one. Okay. I I really think this team, I don't think this team is designed to get into shootouts. Yeah. Game in and game out. And I don't think Florida state's the type of team that is going to come out and give us a shootout. So barring either of these teams just being on fire, it's going to be a pretty ugly game and and fairly low scoring. I think.
0: Okay. Okay. Haven Harrison, what do you think is going to happen out there?
1: This is the game. Louisville should win. Uh, I believe we have the talent to win. uh, I believe that Florida State is, is, is in a vulnerable position this year. We should be able to take them. But with all that said, this game depends on two people, Faulkner and L. Ellis. I think it comes on those two guys. If those two guys have a good game, we win. If they don't have a good game, and one, either one of those guys doesn't play up to their level, we lose. Um, because we need some guys that can attack. Like, Malik, I, I think it will be okay down low, but the problem is that he's not um, – I won't say he's not physical, but, like, he does not like to jump as, as much as he used to. <laughs> um, and he's kind of become like an old man. He's like an old man game in a young man's body. Um, and I think that they will actually attack Malik and use the fact that he's not the physical rim protector they used to be. And I think they'll attack him and they kind of exploit that. So we're going to have to play Curry a lot more than I think what Chris Mack is comfortable with, uh, and, and playing Curry. Uh, but you'll need his size and girth and physicality down below. Um, so, but you're also going to need L and Faulkner to attack and drive and get in the paint, to get the fouls, to initiate the offense, um, and if those two guys can't get off, it's going to be a long day for Louisville. And I think Louisville may uh, – I think Chris Mack may go at 0-6 against uh, Hamilton if those guys don't get off. So it comes down to those two guys, man. Yeesh. I, th- I think it really comes down to those two guys and how quickly Max substitutes Curry in the game.
0: Okay. Score prediction? I don't MVP? have a score
1: prediction. It is, it, it, it'll be low scoring. Who's going to win? 16. I have no idea. It's, I, I, think, oh. I, think, I think it's a toss-up. Okay. I think it's a toss-up.
0: Okay, so if if Louisville does win, who will be the MVP?
1: It'll, it'll be a co cool MVP with me with L and Faulkner because it'll be the two guards. It'll be those two guys initiating the offense, attacking, and putting that pressure on Florida State. Cause I think they're they're the only two guys that can put pressure on Florida State's defense.
0: Okay, and, and you know what? I, I love it. Once again, I'm just gonna say this is why you two are my dogs. Is because just like um, Joe teated up earlier talking about Curry. I even teed it up talking about Faulkner and Ellis because, like, literally those two guys, um, the way Louisville's been able to navigate the issues with COVID, of course, uh, Malik missed the Western game. And then, you know, of course, the Kentucky game got canceled. Then we had a bevy of guys that were out or playing short minutes um, against Wake, even though Louisville was able to get it done and get the win. Um, I'm getting excited about where this Louisville team is going. Watching the way Mason Faulkner was able to step up and get the win um, a couple of games ago and then watching L. Ellis step up this last game as Faulkner was just coming back from his own COVID pause um, and watching L kind of step up to the forefront, have the big 18 points, as well as Faulkner even though he was not 100% hitting a big three in the second half of the game versus Pitt. It gets me excited because I feel like this team is finally starting to get that identity and starting to figure out who they are and what they are. Um, And and I really do believe that this team is ready to go out there and and make their hay. And I will say this about Malik Williams. I know you said that he does kind of play like an old man in a young man's body. I'm starting to see Malik do more athletically. I'm seeing him do more. He did it on the road at Georgia Tech when he started the game out by literally pump faking, driving the lane, and dunking two-handed. Um, he had a couple of, you know, pretty but pretty explosive one-handed dunks down on the post as well in that game. Malik seems like he's starting to get very sure of himself. I have completely turned a 180 on what Jarrett West means to this team, and that three-headed monster of Jarrett West, L. Ellis, and Mason Faulkner gets me extremely excited to have at least two of those three guys out there at all times, and then you can kind of switch out Noah uh, Noah Lock with one of those three here and there so then you have that that third shooter out there I feel like Louisville is starting to get some confidence they're starting to get some identity Jalen Withers I think you just got to set to the side for now and allow Curry and Rose to get those minutes behind um behind Malik and then you have what Matt Cross is going to give you consistently and then when Sam Williams is playing well I think he's been playing much better as of late this Louisville team is starting to get on a roll. Um, I really do think that I I really do believe that they have um, started to turn a corner and this is an opportunity to put your money where your mouth is. If you've really turned a corner and if you really made that next step, you go out there and you beat Florida State at Florida State. Um, because I think that Louisville has more talent. They don't have as much size as Florida State, but they shoot it better. Um, they play de- uh, defensively. They're as good or better. Um, I think you have to find a way to get this done. Um, so I'm just very excited to see. I love the fact that they brought Mason, uh, Mason Faulkner out for the media availability um, when they had the press conference yesterday. That just shows me. I, I always pay attention to that. Um, to see who comes out and talks because that's a guy who that that tells me the coaching staff has a lot of belief in that this guy is going to come out and make some noise. Um, So it just gets me excited. I think Mason Faulkner um, has the guy, has the opportunity to be Louisville's closer. And when you look at what he can do and you look at what Ellis can do, that gives you a lot of uh, dynamic possibility in the backcourt.
1: They don't fall back into the comfortable trap of having Noah Locke and Jared West on the court at the same time.
0: For long stretches, I For long agree. Stretches. I long stretches,
1: we'll be fine. But if something happens and Chris Mack decides he feels more comfortable, whatever, with, with that duo, we'll
0: definitely lose. But I'm going to switch up my MVP. Um, I do think that Louisville's going to get it done. I, th- I like Joe's 66-61. I think it's going to be around there, 66-61, 68-61, something like that. Um, I was going to say I thought that Faulkner would be the MVP.
1: You're going to say Curry, aren't you?
0: I'm going to say L. Ellis. Oh, okay. I think L. Ellis, that Tallahassee Community College nugget that you gave, Haven Harrington, Complete. you made me forget. I, I completely forgot that. Yeah, he was right there. I feel like he's licking his chops. He just came off a great game, and now he's going back home. He's going to be really comfortable. He's going to be very excited. And this is a game that they're going to be up and down. It's going to be more like a park game. This and is going to be something. And he's
1: playing the convention center because that's where they play like all the state championship games and whatnot. Yeah, in the convention center. So, so
0: I I feel like this is going to be a game where L can thrive. I think that he's going to be back home around people. You know, maybe one of a, a few of his old girlfriends may be in the building. So you know, I, I do. I, I think that Louisville gets it done. Um, uh, Six eight sixty one. L MVP. Fellows, we got about a minute left. I want to know what you all think is going to happen. Uh, we all know Georgia for whatever reason is favored in this <laughs> championship game. Um, just Give me a score, uh, and, and you know who you think's gonna win.
1: Row tide. That's all I need to say. Row tide. I, I don't. I don't think Kirby can get it done. Georgia's had the better team almost every time they played, and they always lost. Why should I change now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that. that that's yeah. Fair. I mean,
1: that's sort of the that's that's kind of where we are with them right now, right? with like, a better coach. Uh, yeah. The man pulled Jalen Hurst yeah. in a national championship game after Jalen Hurts started all season because he had a bad half, put in Tua and took the game.
0: Yeah, that was a, yeah. that was like the greatest flex of all time in a championship game. <laughs> Joe, Joe, what do you think?
2: All right, uh, man. Yeah, tied tied by a hundred, and I'm and I'm the guy that still thinks Georgia is one of the best defenses I've ever seen. And then I watched him
0: play Alabama. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, Nick Saban is the Sith Lord, man. I I, I want to say I want to say, Georgia's so bad just because I want to see Alabama lose. But I just – Stetson Bennett's too little. Man, you can't have a little 5-10 dude out there against them them behemoths on that Alabama offensive line. Hey, you know what? I just want to appreciate you guys for everything that y'all have done this week. I appreciate everybody listening. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn, Haven, Harrington, Joe Kelly, and we out.